0: I'm Kim Grinnells of dogman.com with Scott Eklund, Chris Fetters. We're high above the field at Husky Stadium. Are we in the broadcast booth today, Chris? Uh, I think this is the broadcast booth or the stats booth, something like that. It's not
1: the actual, like the one that Tony Castro, it's not the Bob Rondo uh, broadcast booth.
0: We're high above, and uh, I'm Kim Grinnells with Chris Fetters, Scott Eklund. This, what are they actually calling this? It's not a spring game and it's not spring preview. spring preview. Flings, spring spring preview. preview. Um, not a lot of people out here. Weather was a little iffy. I'd say it ran, rained for about half. We took cover. But, uh, again, you know, just something to please the fans without showing much, and I think they accomplished that today, Scott. Yeah, they did. Uh, we saw a few
1: things, but, uh, you know, it was all vanilla. Chris Peterson doesn't want stuff out there, and he's
0: he's said as much yeah so you know for fans who are reading our practice reports you know just that's what we see pretty much this was a toned down version of what we see uh, in practice most of the time they're just trying to get through this put on a little bit of a dog and pony show and get a little bit of work in today but uh how many people would you say were here chris Probably 1,000, well, 2,000. He
1: wasn't down on the field, so you can't see up under. I, w- I would say two 2,000 two to 3,000 probably. Yeah. Somewhere that was, in that range.
0: That was about
1: it. And that's including probably 150 members of the band that were out there too. Right, I was going
2: to say one of the things was is that it was nice for the beginning. Then it started to rain, so everyone took cover. And then it got nice again for most
0: of the scrimmage. And then now it's raining again. Yeah, so. and for those out of town, it's probably in the low fifties. You get that water picking, the wind picking up off the water. It wasn't really cold, wasn't really warm, but that'll just give you an idea of the elements that we were out here and just you know what it was like. Not a lot of people, probably like we said, about two thousand people. Um, we'll talk about some of the guys that were here a little bit later with recruits as well as some former players here. But um, you know, uh, another day for the defense, Chris well
2: yeah as I as I wrote in the practice report or the I guess scrimmage report um, you know there was I think there was about 14 different drives so the one thing I will say there was kind of two things that stood out in terms of that scrimmage period Kim I think the one thing is is that they really scrimmaged a lot a lot more than we had seen the, the entire spring so I think fans got a really good sense of kind of how they are offensively and defensively yeah they, they were very vanilla as, as you've said. But they got a lot of work in, and and all five of the quarterbacks got a lot of work in. So I thought that was really good. And then the other thing is we saw the running backs live for kind of the, you know, live-ish for the first time pretty much all spring. So to be able to see Savon Ahmed break some runs, to see Kamari Pleasant break some runs and score a touchdown and have a nice catch, you know, the, to um, to see Richard Newton. You know, we've, we've been talking all spring about how he looks a lot like Levon Coleman. And uh, you know now he's you know and so people got a chance to see number twenty two and so that was good.
0: Uh, Isaiah Gilcrest probably won the day.
1: Yeah, I mean he he was he was the player of the day. I think on either side of the ball, really, Uh, a pick six, another interception that prevented a. It was right down inside the five yard line or makes that other pick. He knocked away a pass, made a couple nice tackles. I thought he easily had the best day and honestly, if you look at consistency, how he's progressed from the beginning through now, he's I think he has been consistently one of the best players in camp this year. Did
0: he have the big hit too?
1: No, the are you talking about you're not
2: talking about the big hit on Dylan Morris, are you? No, no, the wide receiver. I thought he crushed a wide
0: receiver. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, well, it was yeah. him. Was that Austin Osborn? Uh, no,
1: it was uh, Chico McClatcher.
0: Oh, that yeah. was Chico. Yeah. yeah, that was probably without that many people here. It was pretty loud down it,
1: there. I honestly was like, Wow. They let that happen in the spring
0: game. I, yeah, was a little I a spread. This so, is a guy who's been kind of buried in the depth, but um, he's really shown that he belongs out here. I think he's had a really good spring. You know, he's probably a candidate for one of the breakout players of the spring. I think he's had that good of a spring.
2: I think he's had a really good spring. And I would say, too, that, um, you know, he's he shown a lot of versatility because, as Scott was mentioning, and we put it in the kind of the, the two deeps that were here today, you know, he really didn't play safety. He was playing more of the slot, more of the nickel. So, you know, he showed some versatility there because typically that would be a a place where a Miles Bryant would play or an Elijah Molden, um, some of those guys. So to see him out there and to see him be really effective and productive was was
0: really good to see. Yeah, not only uh, Isaiah Gilchrist, but we'll talk about a couple of other individual guys, but Ariel Nada uh, off the edge had a really good day.
1: Yeah, I thought he had a really good day. There's a couple other guys, like you said, that had good days. Um, the thing about Ariel, it just, he needs to get just a little bit bigger. You know, his, his um, base isn't that big. I mean, he's, he looks like a wide receiver, uh, you know, lower body. What's he, is legs. he listed as about 220? Two, 215, I think, okay. is what it is. So, um, you know, he looks on the skinny side, and if he can put on some weight – you know the and the thing is, I think Washington really, really wants to figure out a way to get him on the field because I think he's pretty dang athletic and long- and he's got that long those long arms and long reach and everything like that i I think they want to figure out a way to get him on the field that's why he's rotating from outside and inside you know going to two different meetings. We talked to Bob Gregory, talked to Ariel notta earlier in in the spring, and they talked about how one day he's doing meetings with the inside group and one day he's doing meetings with the outside group and then whenever he's, whatever day he's at with inside outside, he does the film study with the other ones so it's or I'm sorry install with the other one so it's pretty crazy what that guy has to take in and how good of a spring he's had
0: three tackles for loss including two sacks and when you mention him as a wide receiver he's got that wide receiver Uh body his other brother is a wide receiver going to Clemson Mm -hmm. and we'll talk about some recruits later but his little brother was here and uh, he's not built like a wide receiver he's nowhere near as big as Ariel
1: no, he's more of a, you know, running back Chico McClatcher type. You know, he's on the smaller side.
0: It's yeah, it's kind of funny to see, you know, the three brothers. It's just like um, Noah Dickerson is six, seven, six, eight, mm-hmm. and then his little brother's like his twin is what six foot.
1: I don't know. I don't know.
0: Yeah, but Ariel Nada had a big day. Uh, another guy who looks like he's just starting to figure things out too. He passes the look test. Joe Tryon had a good day. Well, I think he started to figure things out at the end of the year,
2: and he's really just kind of taken that and then moved this spring and, and kind of continued to, to play really, really well. As you said, Kim, he's such a physical kind of, you know, I think Ellis, we used to call the creature, he has those kind of elements about him where he's just kind of a physical freak, and he just he looks the part of the guy that you want coming off the bus first. And he showed it. He had a couple sacks today, just like Nada had a couple sacks um, overall, I think him and, ba- and Bowman had a really good day today, coming off the edge and kind of crashing a little bit. And um,
0: I thought they were very effective. Leading the way in tackles today was uh, MJ Tafisi. Um Lefocchio had seven as well. And uh, the guy that I, boy, I think Josh Calvert, and it was seven tackles today. Boy, between him and uh, Jackson Sermon, they're going to have a tough time keeping both of those guys off the field, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Jackson Sermon, you know, is redshirt uh, freshman, so he's got a little bit of more time. But Calvert is just that natural guy. He's got natural instincts for football. Always seems to be around the ball. Should have had a pick today. Um, had it right in his hands and, and dropped it. And uh, but yeah, and it actually looked a lot like the first interception of f- uh, spring football. Where he got out into that that uh, kind of medium zone area and got right in the way of a slant. So, um, yeah, I, I I was honestly a little surprised. I didn't see Brandon Wellington at all in the team sessions, and it was just Kyler Manu and MJ Tafisi that I saw um, with both the first and the second unit, and then Jackson Sermon and and uh, um, um, Josh Calvert. Josh Calvert, sorry, Josh Calvert um,
2: would would rotate in. I was going to say too, um, because it was interesting that Wellington didn't see a lot of action during the during the scrimmage part of it. Also, you know the news that DJ Beavers is is pretty much retiring at this point or, or uh, not going to play anymore. at Washington is is a sad end to uh, a guy who you know put his put his uh, body out on the line for for uh, Washington and. And was one of those guys that was known as a monster hitter, and um, obviously a lot, a
1: lot of energy too. Yeah,
2: yeah. But I think, unfortunately, that that kind of that reputation, unfortunately, you know, he ended up paying the price a little bit at the end, I guess, and
1: that's why he couldn't uh, continue. Hopefully, this didn't come as a surprise to anyone. We've no, been we've, talking about it for a while. We've been
0: talking about it for quite a long time, by the way. Not, um, not
1: it wasn't a for sure thing, but it shouldn't come as a surprise that it happened. Well,
0: when Pete was asked about it, you know, a while back, he. Kind of seemed a little bit irritated on what was being reported, but what was being reported was pretty accurate. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, Jackson Sermon six tackles today.
1: Yeah, he, I thought he was solid. Um, you know, Jackson Sermon isn't going to wow you with a lot of different things. He's just going to always be in the right spot, make all the plays, and and uh, be there. And uh, honestly, Kamari Pleasant, um, you know, had a great catch, and he had perfect coverage on it on the play. And, um, you know, Sermon is that guy I think that's just he's going to be a utility guy for Washington. He could play Mike, Will, Sam. He could probably even rush the quarterback a little bit as a buck. So I think he could do it all for Washington, and it just depends on where they need him.
0: A couple of guys that are going to see the field this year, redshirt freshmen. I have a tough time taking my eyes off of them when they're out there. They're just so talented. That's Kyler Gordon, Dominique Campton. Dominique Campton had a personal foul penalty, kind of an oops. But, uh,
1: oh, I don't think it was an oops.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, 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 the the he
1: play it. was dead. He took about four or five steps, and I don't want to say leveled Dylan Morris, but he definitely uh, lowered to his shoulder to, into him.
0: Welcome yeah. to college football freshman yeah. moment. But uh, those, those two players, you know, when yeah. when Dominic Hampton was recruited, it was I know it was a guy that you love, Scott, but, I mean, he was tall and he was thin, but I don't think any of us expected him to be as physical as oh. he is.
1: Yeah, he just plays a real physical brand of football, and I saw that when I watched him play in high school. The problem the problem with high school, his, I think his highlight film was only like two minutes long for his senior year. You know why? Nobody threw at him. I mean, the, the guy had, like, I think on, on his side of the, of the field in high school, his senior year, I think he, he told me he had something like 25 passes thrown his way. Hmm. In a full 15-game season, that's ridiculous. You know, I'm I mean, including playoffs and stuff like that. But that is ridiculous. So the guy just didn't have enough time to put stats up or highlight films. If you didn't go
0: and watch him live, you weren't seeing the kid play. It was funny in warm-ups, um, they were doing a tip drill over with the uh, defensive backs where they had the ball, and then they would tip it up like volleyball yeah. players, right? Kyler Gordon, instead of going up and just tipping it up, he goes up and does a 360 and tips it up. And you're just looking yeah. and going, okay, this guy's a freak. Yeah, he's a freak of nature physically, man. He's very explosive,
1: best vertical on the team. You know, Chris and I talked about it earlier this week how – they were talking about uh, the verticals on some of these guys. Uh, I think it was, um, uh, uh, yeah, it was like
2: spring, spring, Oregon spring yeah. game. They, Mikael Wright, I think he he had the pick yeah. to end their practice or their their spring game, and they were talking about he's got a thirty five or thirty six inch vert. And I'm like, well, you've got it, you've got to, uh, you've got to start uh, noticing this guy over here at Washington with the forty two and a half inch vert.
0: Yeah, uh, those guys were just so uber talented. And uh, Keith Taylor, again, he's another one of those guys that they're just not throwing the ball towards. Super long, yeah, yeah. No, they didn't throw
2: the ball his way at all today. Well, he got, well he got a pick. Oh, he the, did, okay. yeah, he got a pick in the
0: seven on seven.
1: Okay, yeah. so he had six. He uh, by the way, he won the the best hands in the room.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and Elijah Molden, I think, is just having an outstanding yeah. camp as and I, well.
1: I talked to him after practice and, and uh, today. and Well, I, I have a big theme that I was kind of writing on, and, and that's the culture that, of the teamwork that the, the team has. And in the NFL, when you guys go to the NFL, the older players don't typically take the younger players under their wing because why am I going to show you how to take my job from me, right? so But in college, it's a little different you're showing these kids because you're gone in two years and these guys have to take it over for you and, and move it on, keep moving the ball forward. And, um, you know, we, I talked about it with Elijah and he just said, you know, he didn't actually know that, uh, uh, Jordan Miller had been selected because it happened when they were out warming up. So he hadn't even heard yet. So he was just so excited for it. But he talked about the camaraderie that the group has, in the defensive back room and how they all just get along really well and and that they love just hanging out, but they're all competing, but they're all trying to learn and get better all the time. And I think that's one thing that he's focused on is just getting better every day, no matter what's going on around him. Before we
0: get to talk about the wide receivers and quarterbacks, how difficult is that defensive secondary making life for these quarterbacks? I, I
1: think it, I think the secondary, Fedders and I talked about it earlier this week about just these, these defensive backs have seen these routes not just for 15 practices, but also all through the season in practice, all through fall camp, and all through last spring when Bush Hamden was here. The, this, this defense knows this offense and what they're going to do. And so they do make it very hard. Now, I will say this. Sometimes I've seen the receivers just kind of stop or just run right into coverage instead of trying to find a way open when the quarterback is scrambling around and he didn't have anybody to throw the ball to. But um, I I do think the offense's struggles – have a lot to do with what's going on in the secondary and the quarterbacks just not being able to find anybody
0: open they're just not throwing it downfield they're having to dump no. everything off when you take a look at you know Jake caner was nine of 16s with a, a pick but only 61 yards on nine. nine completions and then jacob easton seven of 12 but on seven completions he only had 42 yards uh jacob sermon was four of eight with a pick but uh you know he had a long one in there for you know for 30 yards but um yeah, it just seems like they're having to dump it off because there's nothing there. At all. I mean, are they, I mean, you guys are up here. I'm down on the field. Are you seeing guys open down there? Uh, not a ton. <laughs> not a ton. I would say that, um,
2: you know, Dylan Morris tried to get the ball downfield a couple times, had a couple guys open, and either they got dropped or just was you know, like fingertip type thing away. But uh, I would say, you know, Sermon had a nice pass to to, to Bynum. Uh, that was a touchdown, wasn't it? Like in this, was that one on one, seven on seven? seven? Yeah. So I mean, there were some there were some attempts at some throws downfield, but for the most part, yeah, especially during the end scrimmage, very kind of you know taking what the defense was trying to give them, you know, four, five, six yards and a pop if they could get those. Um, definitely just not trying to make a lot of mistakes, and even then, they had a couple. You know, Gilchrist has a forty-yard pick six and you know i think bowman had a force fumble against jacob Eason. so they they you know even even when they're just keeping things in front of them they're making they're making life difficult for the offense
1: um elijah molden also when uh, there was actually uh, Terrell Biden was open on a on a sideline route and elijah molden makes a great play on a, a thing it was from jake hayner a pass and knocked it down otherwise it'd been about a 20 yard gain and uh Um, Elijah Molden. So, I mean, all these guys are making plays on the ball. They're all in great position. And Jimmy Lake and Will Harris have done a really good job of coaching these guys to have their eyes up to make plays on the ball.
0: Yeah, and they're dumping so many balls down. But, um, you know, when you take a look at, you know, what the quarterbacks are doing, J.K. Hanner seems right now more inclined to take the chances where he officially had one. Uh, interception in the drills. He had another couple of inters mm-hmm. you know, trying to get the ball in, squeeze it down, and like I said, there's just nothing open. And Hayner seems a little bit more, I don't know, gunslinger or more taking more risks. But you know, um, he only was listed with one pick in the scrimmage, but he had a couple more during the drills as well.
1: If you know what, what we don't understand because we don't, we aren't in the film room and everything like that. We don't know what these guys are working on. We don't know. If he's been working on a seam route to tight ends, and he wants to throw it against coverage and see how how to throw it, we don't know if he's trying out routes with his receivers and then wants to throw that ball to see if he can where he needs to place it. You know, depending on where the guy's position. So uh, it's just it's so hard when when you see picks, you just think oh they're not taking care of the ball, but this is practice, and the reason you practice is so that you can try these things out and not have it hurt you. And I think that's one thing that people need to keep in mind when Jacob Eason, when Jake Hayner, when uh, Sermon, uh, Morris, or Yankoff throw a pick. It isn't necessarily because they're not taking care of the ball. It's because maybe they're trying something that they need to try in practice so they can learn how to throw it once they get into games.
2: Yeah, one thing I would add to that too, Scott, which was interesting just for today, for this scrimmage period, is that as much as they dumped the ball down and they weren't or were just kind of trying to take what the what the defense was giving them? The the tight ends were just not involved today. I don't remember
0: Hunter Bryant's name getting called at all during during the scrimmage part of it. Kate Otten dropped one over the middle, yeah, you know. But no, they they didn't do much. Like I said, you know, this game plan that's on TV and the fans are here. How much are they really going to show?
2: Well, no, that's true. They aren't going to do that. But I just I thought it was interesting that the, the tight ends weren't really a featured part of what they were trying to do in the scrimmage. But I will say I thought that the, the redshirt freshman receivers, I thought, had a pretty productive day. You look at Marquis Spiker, Austin Osborne, Trey Lowe, I thought they were all featured along with a guy like Bynum. Um, they all had decent days. Now, granted, I think a guy like Spiker, he needs to come up with the ball a little bit more. There were a couple drops that he shouldn't have had. Um, but overall, I thought they have started to make the jump that you need to see out of those
1: guys because they're going to be they're going to be counted on this fall. And that's just for, the, I'm just sorry. sorry. That's the blessing in disguise from having three of your top receivers out during this during the spring. Right. Is those guys all got reps they might not have gotten.
0: Uh, Spiker and Osborne both had six receptions. Uh, Spiker, six for 47 yards, and Osborne, six for 37 yards. But, uh, you know, they definitely need those guys back. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, the offense was having a tough time. When we get into the running backs, uh, where's my stats on the running backs? Richard Newton, 13 carries for 47 yards. Savon Ahmed, uh, five for 44 with a touchdown. Kamari Pleasant, seven for 32 and a touchdown. Um, Malik Braxton, 6 for 30, and Sean McGrew, 5 for 19. But uh, Richard Newton's impressive. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I, I told people, and don't be
1: surprised if this kid is starting a couple games this year. I think Richard Newton is that guy. As long as he gets the protections down, and because that's real big with Keith Bonifa is the protections if he gets that down I don't see why that he can't couldn't be the starter he was the most consistent guy when he got his hands on the ball he made plays and that's what the coaches are looking for
2: yeah I, I don't know if starting I don't know if I'll go as far as to say he'll start but I will say I think depending because we've seen Bonifa what he likes to do in kind of that hot hand theory he likes to kind of roll with guys if they if he, if they have a nice groove or if they're seeing the game really nice, He'll, he'll keep giving them the rock. And would it surprise me if there are games out there where he gets five to ten touches? Not at all, because I think all of those guys are going to be counted on for sure
0: um Savon Ahmed, every time he touches the ball, he looks like he's uh, a threat to go. I saw he had a run between the tackles where he was actually uh, initiating contact today. I and mean, we're not used to seeing that out of Savon.
1: Yeah, and he made a guy miss in space, which isn't his forte. He's a speed guy rather than a shifty guy. And I was impressed with that, too. I thought Savon has had a pretty good camp. I thought, I thought at the beginning he was just kind of, I don't want to call it going through the motions because that sounds like he wasn't into the practice or anything like that. But I just think, you know, they were working so much on so many other things. They weren't really running the ball very much. They weren't doing a lot of nine on seven, which is my favorite drill in practice. They weren't doing a lot of those things. And that's where you really see the running backs get their get their, you know, mojo, their energy is is from running between the tackles and contact and everything like that. And I think these guys miss the ability to do contact. But sometimes that's just not called for in practice. So when he gets his chance to do it, like he did today, where everything was live, even the quarterbacks were live today. Um, you know, I, I – well, okay, I'm sorry. They were they were live to a certain extent, you know, where they could get hit in the backfield and not get yelled at, you know, where the defensive ends could, you know, not get yelled at or kicked out at practice.
2: Yeah, but they were still, so t- t- they were still touch, touch sacks.
0: Downs. Yes, exactly.
1: Touch sacks.
0: Yeah, so. Kamari Pleasant probably with the play of the day.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, if, for those who didn't see it, Jacob Eason. This is the last play of the game or last play of the spring practice. Jacob Eason uh, drops back. He's got good protection, but doesn't find anybody open. So he starts to roll to his right. Kamari Pleasant had run kind of a short route and then turned up like he's supposed to. Went right in the end zone, and Eason just lobbed it right over the top and. Uh, Jackson Sermon was helpless I mean he was right there on the on the coverage but it was just too good a play by Eason and by Kamari Pleasant they scored for you said it was about a 17-yard touchdown I was right on the field Kim and I were standing five feet away from where it ended up happening so yeah Yeah. (laughs) so so we couldn't tell where exactly the the thing had started so um, no, good, good play by um, a Pleasant. I thought he had the play of the day, and honestly, I thought he was the offensive player of the day as well.
0: Some former guys here. At, uh, well, hold, hold, hold on a second. Do we want to talk about the offensive and defensive lines? Oh, we can. I mean, I didn't, um, I, I didn't notice much for me the offensive or defensive lines. So, um, feel free. <laughs> well, uh, I didn't see a whole lot. Okay. Well, no, I just, I, I think it's important to let people
2: know that it's been pretty consistent mm-hmm. in terms of the offense. I mean, you've got Trey Adams, Luke Wattenberg, Nick Harris, uh, Jackson Kirkland, Jared Hilbers have been kind of the ones. And then the twos have, have been now like Henry Roberts, MJ Alle, Cole Norgaard, uh, Victor Kern, and then Henry Bainavalu. Those have been kind of your top ten guys in the two deeps. That's a pretty solid two-deeps, if you ask me. I think those are those guys have put in a lot of work and have done a nice job there. Um, defensively, I, uh, you know, we could talk a little bit about Benning and his move to the defensive line from outside linebacker and whether or not that's shown up. Because between him and Levi Onsarike, I think they had a nice pairing today. And then you've got the, the two uh, redshirt freshmen in Taki Taimani, Sam Taimani, and uh, Tule, the Tuli and then also uh, I don't I don't know if, if Mosiah, yeah, he if he did much,
1: he did get in there a little bit, not not a lot, but right. I saw ninety eight in there.
2: And then also uh,
1: Josiah Bronson and John Clark, I thought were noticeable as well today. Josiah Bronson, for a guy that big, he can move pretty well. He chased down Jacob Sermon on on down the left sideline. Yeah. Looked pretty good. Yeah.
0: What do, you, so, what do you want to talk about the offensive line? Like, I'm, I'm, I got a whole different feel down from them.
2: I mean, I, I just styles. wanted to talk about the two deeps and kind of how they've been pretty consistent. And you know, it's good because the only the only issues that they've had to really deal with are guys like Mateo Mele, Troy Fautanu. So, you know, guys that weren't necessarily going to be in the two deeps probably this year anyway. Um, so that's that's fortunate that I think they've been able to roll kind of those ten guys in and um, use them and get a lot of turns with them,
0: especially in this final scrimmage period. I thought that was good. Former players on the sidelines, uh, Will Disley uh, was there, of the Seahawks, was there. Um, And the guy that everybody just lit up to see that I think everybody's universally happy about, uh, Caleb McGarry was down there wearing his uh, Atlanta Falcons red. And, um, you know, I chatted to him a little bit and uh, you talked to him a little bit. Yeah, I asked him for 20 bucks. I asked him (laughs) if
1: I could get 20 bucks. And he says, oh, trust me, I've gotten calls for a lot more than that recently. So he was down in uh, Atlanta today. He flew in, I think he did a red eye last night, had a press conference with them, and then flew back. Um, He's going to be here for probably another, I think he said another week or two. And then he goes down there for, no, he can't. He has to wait till they graduate, don't they? Uh, I think that's the rule with the Pac 12. Or any school, if the school's still in session, they can't be in in mini camp. So, um, just real quick. Um, so he said. So that that video that's gone out, the viral video of him after the Apple Cup. By the way, it was Adam Jude who who put that out. We were wondering who it was. It was Adam Jude who put it out. Um, and you know, we were asking him about it, kind of kidding him around about it and everything like that. And he goes, "Yeah." He goes. He goes. I think that's really helped me, though. And we were like, "What do you mean?" And he goes, "He goes, man. The the Atlanta fans love me."
2: Yeah. No. 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 Seriously, it was like the Atlanta fans were like, "Who is this guy?" Yeah. Who is? It? And then they saw the video and they're like, "Okay, he's he's my hero." Yeah. You know. So they like that toughness. They like the fact that he's doing snow angels, you know, in the Apple Cup, and then all of a sudden busts out.
0: Were you know. They, it, uh, yeah. Yeah. Chris, we've been doing this a long time, and we've seen a lot of local kids that we've met, you know, when they were young, uh, you know, early in their high school careers, go on to play here and go to the NFL. Um, Caleb going as he did just felt different. It just, it it just, it it was such a feel-good thing because we know what he's been through. Well,
2: I just think, I'd, I'd say all of the local guys, whether it's Caleb, Taylor Rapp, Miles Gaskin, you know, I think all of those local guys, for sure. I mean, Washington had eight
1: guys drafted in the last three I, days. I know it's a Washington broadcast, but Andre Dillard, you know, I got to know him through the process, too, because um, he's a local kid from from Washington State. And honestly, who who of any of us thought that um, a Washington State player would be taken ahead of a Washington, like any Washington player? Because so, a lot of us thought Byron Murphy would have gone earlier in the draft. So, on you know, a lot of good local players starting to come out of this state and go into the pros
0: i asked caleb i said uh, you know new truck or fix up the old one and he says well i'm definitely going to fix up the old one but he goes i think i need to get something with better gas mileage and i'm thinking to myself i think i think you can afford the gas it's a lot cheaper down in i was gonna say he he might want to talk to drew about that Drew sample yeah get the hybrid but uh some recruits there one big 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 time guys. There,
2: man.
1: there were, there were a few. Um, well, one of them is already committed. There was a five star quarterback there by the name of Sam Heard He Liffin. was there. Uh, Bijan Robinson is who Kim's referring to. He's a running back out of Arizona. Big time guy could go anywhere in the country. Um, first time he's ever been in Seattle. So, trust me. I people are probably going to ask it on the board. When I reach him, I will post a story. I'm not going to hold the story back from him. But honestly, this kid is so hard to get a hold of. I was shocked when he picked up the phone. Do you guys remember the text I sent you after I got a hold of him? I was like, I can't believe he actually picked up the phone. So, um, you know, uh, text, whatever, I'll do my best to get a hold of him. There were were a couple other guys on on campus. Saville Smalls is someone I had reported was going to be on campus, but he didn't make it uh, today. Um, Jabez Tene was there he's a wide receiver out of uh, Kennedy um, Ethan Calvert was supposed to be here I didn't see him didn't see but but he was supposed to be here today. Elijah Jackson I did see him he was uh, he was down on the field um, he's a defensive back prospect out of Southern California he doesn't have an offer yet um, let's see Trent McDuffie was here I did see him um, as I went down on the field
0: yeah.
1: I Garen Hatchett was here yeah Garen Hatchett was here. Um, and we already mentioned Daniel Nagat or Nata uh, was here um, as well. And um, I think that's it. Cameron Fabi Kulanan was supposed to be here, but I didn't see him. He but he told me on Friday he was going, so I'm assuming he. Came
2: I, up. I was going to say I thought was Roger Rosengarten here.
1: Roger Rosenkarten. Yep, yeah, he was here. So mm-hmm. he's a he's
2: a big offensive lineman. Where is he from?
1: Uh, he is from Colorado.
0: Okay. He's yeah. a big dude, by the way. Yeah. Big kids. So, um, anyways, just you know, final thoughts from this spring event, Chris.
2: Well, I thought again, just going back to the beginning, I thought that um, I wasn't sure based on how the first half of this of this last spring practice was going. That if how much scrimmaging Chris Peterson was going to allow to have happen, because there was so much work on special teams and so much position drills and things like that. Um, the fact that he I mean, I think they kind of scrimmaged for the better part of an hour, which I thought was great. Um, I think the people that braved the weather and the conditions were rewarded in that way. Um, And again, like I said, I I counted 14 drives. They didn't, the offense didn't score until the 11th drive. Um, I was talking to a couple people up here and they were like, yeah, well, the defense looks good, which, you know, it was good that the offense rallied and scored those three touchdowns. and. You know, Jacob Jacob Sermon uh, got a touchdown drive. Jake Hainer got a touchdown drive. Uh, Jacob Eason got a touchdown drive. So that was good. Um, but overall, I mean, the defense looked so good. And whether it was Isaiah Gilchrist or those guys on the corners or the guys that were rushing, guys like Ariel Nada or Joe Tryon, um, I thought they looked really, really good today. And overall, again, um, I think you just got to hand it to the defense. They they won spring and um, they look. It doesn't look like there's any signs that they're going to stop
0: anytime soon. Final thoughts, Luke Munger. <laughs> you, you're wearing a knee, badge. It says Luke. <laughs> oh man,
1: that hurt. Um, yeah, I lost mine. So anyway, uh, you know, um, I, I thought it was a good final practice. Good way to wrap it up. Uh, productive month for the Huskies. So, you know, it is what it is. I mean, we've kind of gone all over it. You guys mentioned a lot of the different things. A lot of guys stood out at different times, guys that we didn't – I mean, on, let's be honest. Because I asked Isaiah Gilchrist. I didn't ask him if he ever thought about leaving the team. But I asked if he ever really got down over the last couple years because he had people passing him on the depth chart. And he was a highly rated guy coming out of high school. And he said there was times I had to fight through some of that stuff, but now it's I'm kind of reaping the benefits of, of that. So um, basically he said um, just that that was something he had to fight through. And I like seeing guys like him, guys we thought would possibly leave the program, sticking around and gutting it out and, and being productive players. Look at Kyler Manu and the way he's played this year. Look at, um, gosh, I mean, oh, Jared Hilbers. Some of us thought that he would never really do anything, just be a depth guy. Now he's probably going to be your starting right tackle. And he's, at the very least, he's the most likely guy to be the starting right tackle once they line up against Eastern Washington. So I really like seeing a lot of that stuff. Plus, the spring is such a great time to see how the younger guys have developed, guys we didn't see much from last year, and how they've developed. So that,
0: that's kind of what I took away from spring ball. Yeah, I'm going to have to run out of here because I kind of took Scott's Name badge that said Luke on it and pulled it, and then I snapped it right, right. in his face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nailed him. Sorry about that, Scott. Uh huh. Not really, but anyways. Yeah. Um, couple of, I, I just think I that- just got paid too. I think he needs to double it, don't you, Chris? What do you think? No, you got, you got paid. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I think the defense the entire spring was spectacular. Uh the downside of that, I think this offense still has some stuff to figure oh, out, specifically absolutely. in the passing game. I think they've got a capable quarterback back there in Jacob Eason, but I, I think that this offense definitely needs some work and they need to figure some stuff out. We'll see what happens in the off season on that. It'll be interesting to see where they visit and uh you know what happens in the off season. Um just a couple of other things. Um when we were in Vegas for the Pac-12 basketball tournament, I purchased some betting slips with Washington at thirty to one to win the national championship. I know what the question should be. Okay, you well, said who won the day, and that's what we did last time, and that's fine. Well, let me explain it a little bit. But so we've got—I've got, I've got uh, betting slips, or twenty-dollar tickets for thirty dollars. Uh, excuse me, 30 to 1. So if Washington wins the National Championship, it's a $600 payoff. And we'll give them away to who we get. What's the question? Whose name tag did I use today? Yeah, just put out on the message board. Just start a uh, message. Who's Whose name tag? Did Scott have to wear today yeah so we'll go ahead and I'll, I'll, we'll put that post out on the board and the first person to um, make that correct will go ahead and get that out in the mail so uh, also if you're looking for those daily updates and uh, alerts of breaking news, just shoot us a note, Stadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletters, um, and we'll go ahead and get that taken care of. So, hey, for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenolds, just one more time. Whose name tag was Scott Eklund wearing today? It was Luke, Luke- Munger. You got to spell it correctly. M O U N G E R. So we'll go ahead and get that out to the first person. Possibility to win six hundred bucks. So I'm Kim Grells with Chris Fetters, Scott Ackland, A.K.A. Luke Munger. Go dogs.